Welcome, everybody. You're listening to Back to the Feature. My name is Joseph. And I'm Edward. What's up, everyone? We're gonna, Today, we're going to be talking about The Sound of Metal. The Sound of Metal is a 2019 American drama film directed and co-written by Darius Martyr. It stars Riz Ahmed, Olivia Cook, Paul Rachi, Lauren Ridloff, and Mathau Almerich. It tells the story of a drummer who begins to lose his hearing. Pretty intense, huh? Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, I liked it, and uh, we're going to definitely dive into it more. But first, let's indulge our uh, narcissistic sides and talk about our weeks. Edward? <laughs> uh, man, I've been I've been watching a lot of stuff. Man. I've, been, I've been waiting because uh, last week we gave uh, a bonus episode, which was just the, <laughs> the shit that wasn't on the uh, other episode. As uh, uh, <laughs> as uh, Daniel Plainview from <laughs> There Will Be Blood would say, you're the extra mintesque. <laughs> you're the afterbirth. Uh, so we took all that and made a podcast out of it. Yeah. Um, but no. You know what I'm talking about? No. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah, when he's talking to Paul Dano yeah, at yeah. the very end. Well, you kind of looked at me like you didn't get that No, reference. no, I got you. Oh, okay. He's like, he's like, you're the filth that slid out, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I knew that was like one of your favorite lines. It is. Huh? That's what I just usually tell people when they tell me hello. <laughs> um, no, but I've been watching some stuff lately. Usually I don't go too much in like new stuff. I usually just rewatch stuff I've already seen. But um, there's a couple things that I want to talk about. They're on HBO. Eight inches. <laughs> oh, wait, hold on. Sorry. Before you get into that, I do want to give a little message to all anyone who's listening or watching. Uh, we, we have some new followers, so I really appreciate it. Um, thank you for the support. I want y'all to close your eyes right now mm-hmm. and imagine these massive masculine arms just embracing you because we're giving you a hug. Uh-huh. And then behind me is it- Edward coming around. Like on Ghost, <laughs> and you're hugging me, hugging them. So just if you're listening or watching, just uh, imagine that. We can't just fist bump in this COVID era. Oh yeah. Well, this is an imaginary hug, so you oh, know yeah. it's it's allowed. Oh okay. Okay. You know, I want to stimulate their minds, stimulate the uh, mm-hmm. viewers slash listeners' imagination. Oh okay. Well, welcome everyone new. <laughs> it's like uh, you just tell her people whenever you go down the street, like when they ask you, "What do you my What are you listening to?" You know, or if you're washing your dishes or whatever, whatever you're doing or just having this on to go to sleep, uh, just tell people you're listening to Back to the Feature. Mm-hmm. A podcast about film and entertainment. Wow. So when they say, well, what's it about? And you can be like, well, this guy named Edward and Joseph, Joseph Santa Cruz. <laughs> no shit. Is that that guy? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, there you go, guys. Welcome. Welcome. Uh, so yeah, go ahead. Sorry to oh, interrupt sorry. you. Yeah. Um, no. Um, so there's this show I've been watching with Valerie on HBO. It's uh, called Murder on Middle Beach. And it's interesting because it's about um, this guy. He started this project, I guess, in college. Mm-hmm. His mother was murdered and he's tracing back to figure out who did it. Mm. And um, because she was brutally murdered outside of their house but they live in um, Connecticut, I believe, like uh, wherever around Har- uh, Harvard is. Anyways, I don't really know. Yeah, I don't really know those north states too well. But you know, north, it, it, anyways, it's, it's like a rich neighborhood, pretty much. But what's crazy is like they have all this money and big houses, but is you watch it and it's like, man, these people are fucking crazy. Oh, They're really? basically, honestly, ba- I don't mean I hate to sound. 
stereotypical, but dude, they're basically just like white trash living in like Ooh. no. Well, oh, let me finish. They're white, like white trash living in like fancy homes. Oh, that's how I took it. Okay, <laughs> but moving on. <laughs> but anyways, and uh, it's a four part series. Of the fourth part comes out next week. I'm gonna finish it. But it's interesting. It's like it was like a college project that I guess. What, what's this on? HBO Max. HBO Max. Okay. Which, by the way, HBO Max is gonna show all of Warner Bros. 2021's same day theater releases. Mm-hmm. That was some big news that dropped. The death of cinema. Pretty. Ah, pretty much. Be, um, and to be honest, like I would love to see some of those movies in theaters, but I guess because I have HBO Max, I'm kind of like, oh, good. Well, fuck. At yeah, least I get to watch them. Just order them. Yeah. Yeah. Or I don't know if they're ordering or you get to watch if you get to watch them for free, not free, but if, you know since you're paying through the subscription. Oh, I think I would think you'd have to pay for them. Maybe. I mean, they're gonna Maybe. they're gonna try and make some money off of this. Uh, you're probably right. I mean, I'm assuming. I didn't yeah. read the details. Did you? I, no, I didn't. I we're, just saw we're the... terrible uh, film podcast guys. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> we don't read. <laughs> <laughs> we just, just watch. That's... I'm just kidding. I, re- I read. Um, we uh, and me and you were talking back and forth about a teacher. This is another oh, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which to me is basically like the Lockhart series, <laughs> our hometown. Uh, Lockhart, Texas, our hometown, also known as the barbecue capital of the world. Mm-hmm. It's just interesting because they've had like in the last five years, probably like, what two or three teachers and student relationships that got busted. Um, I don't really keep up with it, but I think I yeah, Something I remember like hearing. Yeah, some... but I anyways, and that's why I started. Well, that's not why, but when I was watching, I was like, oh, it's like this is kind of like what happened in Lockhart. Which is weird because it, when it first happened, I don't know if you remember, like in the 90s, when that lady, her and her student were having a relationship. Mm. I don't remember what her name was. I don't think this is based off of anything. No, I don't oh, think it is either. Okay. But I mean, just when it first, when, when the first relationship with a teacher-student had happened, it was like huge news, right? Yeah, I believe so. It was like national news. Yeah, now it's like a normal thing. But there's a lot of like um, strange <clears throat> things that are happening that are unfortunately normalized, school shootings included. Yeah sexual relationships with teachers but it, you know the way the way I, I watched it it was it was pretty good but um w- then i watched the actual movie i don't know if you ever got a chance to and um i, I saw where they they you know pick stuff from the movie to turn into the series but the series is way better so if you ever get a chance to watch the movie don't uh <laughs> <laughs> dude go watch what? the movie or go watch the movie so it's she's she's the, the lady who made it she's still making money well, okay, yeah. So I want to bring that up. the The woman who wrote and directed the film and is also running the show. Her name's Hannah Fidel, mm-hmm. and um, she also wrote a movie called Six Years, I believe. Wrote and directed. And I, I listened to an interview, and she was talking about her inspiration for a teacher, and it wasn't based on uh, anything that actually happened to her or anyone she knew. But she said she was working at a diner in Austin, Texas, and I'm assuming that's why it's based in Austin. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And some high school kids walked in, and she said one of them was really attractive, and she started, like, fantasizing, like, hmm, wonder what that would be like to sleep with this kid, this, like, 18... Uh-huh. I mean, I'm assuming she was 18. She might have been, like, half-joking, but that's what mm-hmm. she said was the inspiration, so she, she used this teacher, you know, because it would create more drama to explore that. Mm-hmm. Um idea i guess so she had a crush on an 18 year old guy and she was like oh. i wouldn't say she had a crush she just saw this like young high school kid oh, and was he was like, oh he's yeah okay. and then she started like cooking up ideas of like oh i wonder what if you know a teacher what would what would it be like to be a teacher thinking that and then i guess that's where the idea came from yeah pretty interesting mm-hmm. 
Um, then I saw uh, Eddie Murphy's Dolomite is my name, and I told you I I really really uh, think you should watch that. I really liked it. It's a very it's one of those movies where it's about someone who who bet on themselves and succeeded when everyone else said that they weren't going to make it. And so I, I really liked it. And uh, then I went and watched the actual <laughs> Dolomite movie, and it was all right. Yeah, my my uh, stepdad he likes the old school Dolomite. Oh, okay. So, so, so you knew about before that movie had ever come out? Yeah. See, I didn't. And then uh, I was watching the actual Dolomite, and I was like, I've seen this somewhere, but I don't know where or remember. And then somehow I remembered it was from that um, old Dirty Bastard video. So I have a question. Mm-hmm. Dolomite, the one with Eddie Murphy, is it about the actor? Is it about him making the Dolomite yeah. series? Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, it's about it's Eddie Murphy. He's portraying, uh, I think, I believe his name is Rudy Ray Moore. And he created it. Uh, he created Dolomite. Well, he he heard it from like some like uh, homeless st- uh, and bums, and he paid them to give them the stories about Dolomite. He went and, and uh, created the character Dolomite and put it onto like an album, according to the movie. Mm-hmm. Put it on an album, and then uh, it, it got so popular that he was like, "Man, we should make a movie," and that's what they did. And you know, it uh, they made it. I guess it sat around and he put it out himself pretty much. He he opened it up like in one theater and it got really popular and then the like uh the movie studios were like, Oh, let's let's buy this and distribute right, it. Yeah, it made money, so let's make money off yeah, of it. Yeah, so Okay, real quick, uh sorry to interrupt you, but we are gonna be ending the video portion of the podcast. Guys, if you watch the video part and you liked what you heard and you wanna hear more, you wanna hear us talk about the sound of metal um jump hop on over to spotify itunes google play mm-hmm. anchor whatever uh, <laughs> there's so many other um platforms but we're on everything so uh yeah just look up back to the feature we're gonna have all the links in the videos uh, go and check out the entire podcast it's gonna be about another mm-hmm. you know 40 50 minutes so yeah or you can go start from the uh the beginning of our catalog start from episode one you only, it's only gonna waste about 300 hours of your life but <laughs> Anyways, we have some good ones. We have some not so good ones. You know, it's a, it's ebb and flow up and down. So anyways, thank y'all. And uh, yeah, uh, go listen to the rest. All right, now that we're not on video, we can act unprofessional. Hold on, let me unzip my pants. (laughs) You had them on? (laughs) (laughs) Shit, let me just throw mine on. I'm just kidding. Uh, But yeah, man, Dolomite had heard about it before, and I heard about um, his story, and uh, or I think I read about it. And but yeah, that was his Mm -hmm. whole thing. He wanted to. He he knew that Hollywood wasn't going to make him a leading man, so he was like, "I'm just going to go make myself a leading leading character." Yeah, pretty much, and that's what he did. And then like he 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 used everything to his advantage so you know uh i mean according to the to the eddie murphy movie like he he told the owner of like this uh i don't know if it was a hotel or an apartment complex it was something that had a lot of rooms he told him that like hey i'll get rid of all these like bums and druggies if you let me stay here for free pretty much and that guy was like yeah go ahead so they used that to do all their scenes Mm. oh that's pretty cool yeah but like i said i mean it could be that part could be fictionalized but Um, you never know yeah but at the end of the movie you know it says that dolomite went on to make like 10 million dollars and they ended up making seven more movies spoiler alert god it's from oh my this guy loves ruining the how (laughs) i'm just giving you a hard time
<laughs> it's not like I said anybody died. Right. Except that druggie did. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> what else, man? What else you got? Um, And then I watched Raging Bull, which is very out of my norm. I don't know why I just, I decided to watch it. I just, you don't uh, like black and white films, right? No, well, it's not that. Um, wh- Which is kind of weird because I was watching it and I was like, when did this come out anyways? I think it was like, what, 1980? Mm-hmm. Okay. But anyways, um, no, because sometimes, I don't know if you have the same problem. Sometimes, like, when, when, I'm at, when I'm at lunch at work, I don't know what to watch, but I don't, I don't want to spend, like, 10 minutes searching for mm-hmm. something. So I just happened to just turn on Prime, and I think I saw Raging Bulls, like, in well, just added section. What I find I do is I watch a lot of movies I've already seen. Because when I'm at work, I can't really fully pay attention, mm-hmm. so I try not to watch new movies. Um, but I will put on something I have seen before. Yeah, so I started, I started Raging Bull, and honestly, like I told you, I think I texted you, I was like, within the first five minutes, I, was, I honestly was about to turn it off, because I didn't like the way Robert De Niro looked, like his nose looked all fake and yeah, phony, I mean, right? Yeah, they had a prosthetic Yeah, on. yeah, yeah, and I was like, what the fuck? And then, like, he was talking, and it wasn't making sense, but then once it went back to where he's, like, actually, like, in the ring boxing, I was like, oh, okay, okay. And then it got really good, I, I actually really enjoyed it. I, it took me, like, two or three days to finish it, but... It it was worth it. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, there's a lot of cool little tidbits. Um, that boxing scene where he gets like he's supposed to lose the fight. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I I see. When I watched it, I don't know how well you remember it. When I watched it, he hit that guy, and I thought I thought that guy was trying to take a dive. Yeah, <laughs> like and so I was like, oh shit, he got all because <laughs> that dude was a bum, you know. Yeah, yeah, he like, hit him, and he was about to fall over. Yeah, he was just like he had to take a dive, and that's what. Man, so, you know, about that movie, the thing that stands out to me that really, dude, that just, like, mm-hmm. <clears throat> gets me the most, and I, and you, and it's at the very end, spoiler, it's whatever, it's whenever he's talking, when he sees his brother, and he has, like, an emotional breakdown with him, and he was like, you were supposed to take care of me, mm-hmm. you were supposed to, you were supposed to look out for me, and instead, you know, you let me, you should have protected me from taking a dive, you know, you should have never let me do that. Mm-hmm. He's like, I may have never been world champion, but I would have had my dignity. I would have had my pride. Yeah. And re- and and then you th- and then I thought back, and I was like, okay, this is, this makes sense because after that, that's when his personal life, his his uh, career may have been the best it's ever been, but his personal life mm-hmm. took a took a dive. You know, he he started you know abusing his wife and doing whatever he did and fighting with his brother. You know. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and at that moment, it made sense to me. And I really liked that line. And then come to find out, that's like from another fucking movie. Oh, really? Yeah, like Martin Scorsese. Because, you know, he's Scorsese's like a, a big film uh, mm-hmm. historian. And he's seen millions of movies. And he actually um, restores them. And does there's, there's so much that he does for classic films, um, keeping them alive. But he's, you know, that's his whole thing is like he's a film historian. So he brings all that knowledge to his movies when he makes a movie. Mm-hmm. And I guess he, you know, pulled some lines from another film and, and used used it in that one. But, you know, it doesn't diminish that for me, but it just, man, that really stood out to me. And I was just like, I thought it was like such an original thing, but then I was like, come to find out it was from another movie. Yeah, I like how the, I mean, because in the, in that part of the movie, he's supposed to, he's supposed to lose the fight, but he doesn't want to go down because supposedly no one's ever knocked him down or whatever, mm-hmm. right? And I love when Joe Pesci's like, what the fuck's your problem? He's like, look, hit me or like whatever. He like, pretends to smack him. He falls on the ground. He's like, how fucking hard is that? <laughs> Hell yeah. And he's like, no, you don't get it. You don't get it. It's it's not that easy. Yeah, I don't, I don't like, go down for nobody. Yeah. And um, yeah, I don't know. I, I wanted to. I didn't, I didn't look up. I should have looked up the real guy. But Jake LaMotta. 
Yeah. Um. But man, he was such a. He just seems like horrible. Well, well, I don't know if that was a real guy. I think he was based off Rocky Marciano. Oh, he, I mean, he could have been. Maybe. I, I don't know. I could be wrong. But, dude, he was just like, whoever they portrayed, portrayed him from, man, it seemed like such a horrible guy. Actually, I think it was based off of a real boxer because that guy really fought Sugar Ray Robinson. Mm-hmm. Um, the the guy he, he beat. I think there there is some historical truth behind those boxing matches. Oh, I mean, I'm sure there is, but yeah, just the way he just treated his, I guess, his wife mm-hmm. or whatever. But it was just, Crazy. I don't know. I, I, I did, because I'm not that type of person, but like, he was so, like, he, she couldn't take like a couple steps without him being like, where are you going? Yeah. You know, you are like, you're fucking lying to me. I know you are. Did you like it? Yeah, I, I did like it a lot. Like I, I said, it was just one of those movies, like I, I put it on and then like, it, I, got, I got attracted to it right away. Mm-hmm. And then I, I wanted to finish it. Yeah. What else you got? That's oh, it? No. And then I started, uh, I didn't finish, but I started this movie called Maiden. I don't know if you remember watching the trailer at Draft House. It's about like the first all-woman um, team of sailors, and mm. they, they, they go do this race. There's, I forgot what the race is oh, called. Oh, it's a documentary, right? Yeah, it's, it's like this, um, I forgot what the race is called, but you travel all the way around the world. It takes, I believe, nine months. And it was dominated by men, and everyone thought that, um, they were going to fail because there's, I think there's three legs of the race. And so you do the first leg and then you get to like rest and then you start up the next leg. So no one even thought they were going to even finish the first leg, which they did, but, um, barely. And the second one they win. Um, but I haven't, I haven't found out what happens on the third leg. That's where I'm at right now. Mm. But it was really interesting, you know, like no one wanted to sponsor them, which is, you know, I feel bad for them because this is 1984, I believe something like that. And it only happens every four years, and uh, so the 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 main girl that the documentary is about, she had to like sell her house, pretty much sell her stuff, so she could uh, afford to buy like a a secondhand boat, mm-hmm. and then the girls fix it up, and uh, it's it's just really good. It's interesting, you know, like mm-hmm. if you like movies about women empowerment or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I don't know don't what tell Mingo to watch it. <laughs> Hell no, he'll he'll fucking throw that out the window. Um, but no, I I remember seeing the the trailer at Draft House and the trailer kind of caught me. I was like, oh, I want to see that. And then I forgot about it. And then I think it's on Stars. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I forgot. I wanted to watch that. And so me and Valerie have been watching it. Nice, nice. And then, I mean, of course, the Sound of Metal, which I watched yesterday. I think. Yeah, yeah, I watched it yesterday too. Um, yeah, that's cool. That's good. We sound like you had a busy uh, movie viewing week. I actually, I was proud of myself because I watched stuff that I hadn't normally. Like I said, I usually just rewatch mm-hmm. movies, and I kind of just went out of my way to watch something I hadn't seen. Yeah, that's good, man. Yeah. Um, as for me, we had a busy week. You know, we're busy at work or whatever, working a lot. Um, in terms of watching movies, I I really didn't watch anything new. You know, I know we talked about. I I rewatched Good Time the other day. Such a mm-hmm. good movie, dude. So, honestly, I Uncut Gems was good, but that Good Time has to be like my favorite movie from the Safdie Bros. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about it, and I was like, dude, I have Edward to thank for this movie because mm-hmm. I would have never seen it. I would have never heard of it if you hadn't invited me to go to that that early screening at the Draft House. Yeah, rip. <laughs> Back when theaters were still around. Yeah, I know. I hope they make it. I don't know. I think some will. I think Draft House might. Yeah, but, I, but what I, the only reason I'm saying I hope they make it is just because 
I have a feeling even if, if they theaters do open back up, I don't think the one I go to in, in New Braunfels is going to open back up. No, that sucks. Like, but if it does, I would love to go and support it. But I feel you. No, and then what what got me, and I don't know why I got so jealous, is you're like, oh, I just started, um, because I was still watching Raging Bull, you're mm-hmm. like, oh, I just started uh, uh, There Will Be Blood, and man, I fucking love that movie. Mm-hmm. So good. Ah. <clears throat> so good. Like It goes back to, you know, what I said earlier, where I like to watch movies I've already seen. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, I've seen this a million times, let me, let me pop it on. Man, and you know what is so fucked up, mm-hmm. is that I kind of understand where that dude daniel Plainview's coming from where mm-hmm. he's like telling his the guy that he thinks his brother at the time that he just has this like rage inside of him that he just he's so competitive and he doesn't want anyone else to win mm-hmm. except him and yeah like that's a really toxic mentality to have and i'm but i kind of can understand it because mm-hmm. you know i'm i'm i've been there where i'm like I want to succeed so bad and I get jealous when others do, even mm-hmm. if it's like in another field, like it doesn't have to do anything with like filmmaking, but I'm moving away for that because I, I watched a video where this guy talked about how you shouldn't be competitive. And even if you're like a filmmaker, you shouldn't be, um, and I'm, this is actually a long time ago when I, I kind of got over this, but it's like, you ought to be more supportive of people when they succeed because then you can just make connections. And then, you know, I guess the analogy the guy uses, like there's enough, going there's enough around for everyone to to Mm -hmm. succeed or get jobs making stuff or whatever so um but yeah like going back to that i I can i can see that because like i said i've had that mindset before and you know i'm a little bit of a an extrovert Mm -hmm. uh introvert introvert uh where i don't really uh (laughs) edward's phone went off and then he just picked it up off the table and threw it on the floor and now he's kicking it under the table (laughs) (laughs) because i don't want him going off again (laughs) oh i thought uh (laughs) thought that i was like oh maybe you didn't like that text you got oh no (laughs) you just throw it against the wall you're like motherfucker you just have a joe pesci meltdown hell yeah uh, How do you always do, you and James? <laughs> From Home Alone? Yeah. He's like, fricka, 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 fricka. <laughs> um, yeah, I uh, always go in these long-winded talks. I need to quit doing that. But anyways, uh, Daniel Plainview, uh, mm. monster of a person, but I unfortunately, I can kind of sympathize. Can you kind of sympathize with him too or mm-hmm. not? No, what I was going to tell you was like when he's when he's given that little part about like how he competitive he is it's like his his goals in life have like blown out of the water because he's like i remember being little and i wanted to live and mm. you know have my kids in this mm-hmm. house he's like and if i saw that house now he's like it probably made, i forgot what he says he's like i'd probably throw up or yeah. something you know whatever and so like his his dreams are like beyond you know anything, anything he can you know he can grasp yeah he's just constantly like he has like a appetite i mean he's a damaged human being he's got this appetite He's got a hole in himself that he can't fill, a void, mm-hmm. so to speak, that he just cannot fill. And all the money and all the success and all the um, good things that come his way just cannot fill that void in his life. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely has some deep-seated issues. Um, but I guess it's it's um, it's nice to, not nice, but it's almost ins- ins- inspiring to see somebody that hungry you know, mm-hmm. to just see somebody who's like, who will break their fucking leg, pull themselves out of a hole and drag and crawl to another town to fucking claim their stake of oil that they just found, you know, in that opening mm-hmm. scene. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, I doubt n- many people would be able to do that. For real. He, he probably went like 10 miles at least. Oh, yeah, who knows? 
Um, but again, with that movie, the score is impeccable. Mm-hmm. The the music in that movie just makes that movie for me. Um, and also with Good Time, I noticed the score in Good Time. So but who knows, man? Maybe I need to I need to start uh, finding some good scores for my little films. Doesn't your uh, doesn't your iPhone have uh, <laughs> GarageBand? Right. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, I don't know how to compose music. Mm. Oh, that's another thing too, man. I'm re- I've been really big into uh, kind of shifting away from movies real quick. I've been listening to a lot of like independent music right now, and you know the mm. Spotify uh, rap just happened, and all of my stuff was like indie music, and I like discovered all these new artists and. Mm-hmm. Um, man dude i'm just like really into independent music right now and i i know it's difficult because covid but i would like to do something with musicians where i almost do like a studio session you know there's you know have you've seen those videos where it's like you know tiny desk session or whatever they're like just playing in a room with the band Oh, uh-huh, uh-huh. i, I kind of want to do something like that or even shoot music videos for like some independent artists around the area so definitely got to uh make some connections but i know it's possible because but but i want to i want to i would like to do that for bands that i like the music Mm -hmm. because it goes a long way when i'm like really enjoy the music and i work with an artist as opposed to just like not liking their music anymore yeah i got you (laughs) i mean i would do that for somebody where i'm not a huge fan of their music but i would like want to get paid for it like you told me money talks brother (laughs) bullshit walks but yeah, that's what it really what what's been going on with me lately. And then putting up Christmas trees has been a pain in the ass. Oh, dude! Anyone who's listening, Edward literally before we recorded the podcast drove me to Lowe's to buy a freaking ladder because I don't have a truck. And even if I had a truck, or even, uh, number one, I, I couldn't find anyone who had a ladder. And even if I did, I wouldn't have had a way to get it over to my house. So that was just a pain in the butt. But I needed a ladder, so. Being an adult and a homeowner is annoying. <laughs> no, I was just gonna say. Speaking of putting up lights, uh, did you help? Did you help put up the tree? Yeah, I, uh, I actually I, just put up the tree. Our uh, tree is really easy. Uh, sorry, our tree is really easy to assemble. It comes in three parts and it's already pre-lit. So you just put the three parts together and plug in all the lights, and that was it. Oh, you're lucky. I, you know what I hate though, because like I used to have to do it as as a kid, and then, so to me it's more like a chore. Is when you put a, the fake tree together and you have to like separate mm. the what are they called the yeah, branches yeah, or whatever yeah. i i cannot stand Dude, so doing this that. one this one literally those just like it's just, they just fall down oh okay yeah i don't know if it's like some kind of like i didn't buy it arissa did but it's some kind of like easy assemble tree took me like 10 minutes to put it together <laughs> you, t- mean, you probably told her it took you hours no nah, she was in she was like right there oh uh, she was just like cooking dinner or something but yeah, no. Maybe you should look into that, man. I'll see where. <laughs> I'll show you the box. I'm like, God, five hundred dollars. Thanks, No, dude. She, she Arissa got it on sale. It was like eighty bucks. Oh, okay. It's a nice tree. Yeah, it looks nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, yeah, Christmas time, man. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I don't I don't know how I feel about spending the holidays with my family. Mm-hmm. I just not not that I don't want to see them, but I just don't think I want to be around anyone because COVID cases are like spiking. And I just, I feel like people are just being like super reckless now. Like nobody gives a fuck anymore, mm-hmm. which I understand because I kind of, you know, been reckless, but I don't know. I kind of want to temper those, uh, that, uh, problematic behavior <laughs> at work, at work. I don't know if, 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 if it's for the real deal, but it said like, uh, we got an email and it was like, um, please let your kids know according to Dr. What's his name? Dr. Fauci. Mm-hmm. It was like that Santa isn't allowed to uh, have kids in in line, or I forgot how what it said. Basically, you know, Santa can't be around a lot of kids this year, so 
um, he's supposed to come around when no one's around or something like that. Basically, like he, you know, Santa's gonna come uh, for Christmas Eve like he normally does, but he can't. You can't go sit on his lap like normal. <laughs> They're all just he can read your mind now. So <laughs> just pray to Santa. <laughs> That's what comes out of this. This yeah. like uh, this like cult. This cult of uh, Santa worshippers that just like pray to him and. Oh man, <laughs> dude! I don't know if I've t- I'm pretty sure I told you before. I love. I mean, this is off topic, but I love reading. Well, not necessarily reading, but like learning and watching stuff on cults. Oh yeah, I, yeah. I'm like yeah. A, I think you I'm brought that up before. For that shit. Yeah, and, be- and be- only reason I'm saying that is because you want to start uh, one. Yeah. Uh, no, HBO. HBO has one that I need to go home and watch. It's uh, about the um, the Heaven's Gate cult. And I want to go and watch it. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Um, it's a, this cult that was, um, they believed that this comet was going to come by Earth. I think it was like in the early 90s. This comet was supposed to come by Earth and uh, they, they basically all killed themselves. Oh, yeah, they, with the Kool-Aid, right? Yeah, with the Kool-Aid and they were all wearing Nike shoes. That's like what was the most iconic photos from that whole thing. But anyways, HBO has like a, a series of people who were part of the cult and got out before all that happened type yeah. of thing. But I don't know why I'm so. I, I guess it's just the fact I'm like, you're, wait, you're sick. Oh yeah, that too. <laughs> no, but just just thinking of like you you hear what the cult's about and the stuff they do, and it's like, how did you become a part of this? Like, what did they say that drew you in? Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's just whatever. I mean, I do. There's a lot. There's a lot of people out there who um, looking for something. Who are looking for a purpose in life, man. And I'm fortunate enough to have found mine in filmmaking. You know, mm-hmm. uh, some people find it in, you know, there's, that's why you have so many people with different, um, avenues. Actually, I spent the weekend with my niece and nephew this past weekend. And like I told my niece, my niece and nephew that I was kind of like joking with them, but I, there was definitely some truth to it. And I was like, that's the meaning of life. You find something that you're passionate about and you pursue it with everything you have. And they're like seven and nine. So they were just like, or no, excuse me, they're nine and 11. Mm-hmm. So they were just like. <laughs> they probably didn't even yeah. understand what i meant but no, sure maybe my niece did she's the older one but mm-hmm. um yeah <laughs> i mean really that's really what 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 life is about and in my opinion it's just like you find something that mm-hmm. you're passionate about and you just fucking put your heart and soul into it and yeah that'll and and it may it may work out it may not work out but that will keep you fulfilled i think mm-hmm. and see I, I and i'm I'm the type of where like I don't think I ever found what I'm passionate about to be honest. Either that or I, I never, I never experienced it, or I never found someone who does mm-hmm. what I want to do. Well, well, it doesn't have to be a skill set or like for me, it's filmmaking, right? Mm-hmm. I want to be a filmmaker. But for some people, it could be being a dad, or it could be being a good husband, or it could be being uh, a good son. You know, there's it doesn't have to be like a craft, you know, mm-hmm. so there's some people who are passionate about music They They want their musicians. And there's some people who are passionate about gaming or being an artist or mm-hmm. fuck welding, dude. If you, you know, you could be a welder and you really like what you do and you're the best at it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it just has to do, like I said, it doesn't have to be a job or anything, but it just has to, you just have to find something. And I think that's why these, these, uh, cults and cult leaders are so appealing because, Maybe th- maybe it's somebody who didn't have a father, or you know they're an orphan or whatever, and they see this guy as a father figure who's welcoming welcoming them into this community, and then mm-hmm. they find that they flourish in that community, and they're like, oh, I'm a good follower of the sons of Zion or whatever this mm-hmm. cult would be called. And all I gotta do is give up my house and my <laughs> wife. Yeah, <laughs> and then yeah, 
you know, I mean, really, it could be something like that. And then, and then uh, they they realize like, oh, I have purpose. I have a place here. Mm-hmm. This is my this is my calling. And then they follow that guy to mm-hmm. the end of the earth. Um, that's, that's no, the no way that makes I sense. It. it makes sense. But no, what I was just gonna say real quick is that like, I didn't like how you're saying. I never had anybody tell me like, go look for what you want to do. It was more like go get a job. Mm-hmm. And so I I really try hard when I, when I talk to Elena to tell her like. I want you to grow up and do something like I tell her, like you're saying, I tell her all the time, like, I want you to find something that you like to do. And I, I explained to her, I'm like, cause I go to work and I don't like going to work. I said, I want you to be able to find something that you want to do and love to do. Mm-hmm. I said, even if you don't make a lot of money, if you love doing it, it's going to be worth it. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, she may not understand it, but if I keep, I feel like if I keep telling her maybe by the time she is working, it'll make like, Oh, that's what he meant. Right. Right. So, but like I said, I, I never had nobody more. It was more like get good grades, go to school get a job yeah it wasn't like go find what you're passionate about i think that's what most most people because i was raised the same way nobody was ever like oh yeah you're good at this uh, follow that to the ends of the earth yeah. you know um and i think most people are raised that way that's our capitalist society grow up get it grow up get a job and uh contribute to society it's like by how being a fucking cog in the wheel for some corporation <laughs> yeah Sadly, that, that I mean, sadly, then that does it for some people. But you know, and this is a good segue into the sound of metal because this film, like I said earlier, is a base about a drummer who loses his hearing, and that is scary because mm-hmm. that is something that this guy is passionate about, and I can relate to that because you know my medium is visual, and what what if I go blind? Yeah. <laughs> You know, how do I be a director if I'm a blind director? I'm sure it can be possible, but it's never going to be, it would never be fully the same as being able to like see, yeah. you know, um, that's scary. It's a scary thing. Yeah. They, I think they did it really well. Like I told you, like I think whoever was in charge of the sound mixing, mm-hmm. I love how they made it sound like, you, not that, you know, you were losing your hearing also, but you kind of understood like because when 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 he was making noises like he was opening his mouth and whatnot and you know you, you realize like oh he's trying to figure out he's trying to figure out a way to get his sound back you know he's opening his mouth uh, and he's like holding his nose and oh he, yeah like kind of like he has water in his right, ears yeah, yeah yeah you know and I, I you know i've had that before mm-hmm. and it's like i could only imagine if that never went away i've had a ringing in my ear before like that you know when oh, yeah? he just starts hearing that and then everything's kind of like going away and he's like mm-hmm. like what the hell I mean, I've had that before, but I mean, it, it goes and comes. It's never like, has that ever happened? Mm-hmm, you hear like mm-hmm. a ringing and then everything kind of just like drowns out. And yeah. I wonder what that is. That's weird. I have no idea. But yeah, I think they did a really good job in uh, in showing and, you know, visually and sound wise. Well, not just that, but putting you in his, his, uh, his shoes. Because like you said, when... So in the film, you know, we, we see the opening is him playing uh, a show, mm-hmm. which is funny because my wife watched the movie with me and she, I wouldn't say she hates heavy metal, but she's not into no, that. No, 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 I, I am totally with the rest. That music was shit. <laughs> yeah. She's not into that kind of music. And I know she's not, and I kind of thought it was funny because I was like, oh, I bet you she's, she's thinking something about like, oh my God. Or, uh. Yeah. I didn't understand what the lyrics were. I heard her say something like, give me something to eat or something yeah. like that. I, I don't know. 
to each his own man yeah uh, I, 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 I liked her i like when she sang at the end mm-hmm. when, even though it's like in french or whatever but yeah i like that kind of music or i used to be more into it but you know i have a, i have a wide yeah i mean there's music for everyone but yeah. I, when i heard it i was i think what it was is i was expecting something different mm-hmm. so when they were when they started playing i was like what the hell is this man her eyebrows threw me off oh though. my god like, yeah i thought she didn't have any at first yeah it's just a weird look mm-hmm that's crazy how uh this is so stupid we're fixating on this but <laughs> but I do want to touch on it. It's so crazy how like something is like the lack of eyebrows makes a person look weird. <laughs> yeah, it, it did. And yeah. then he, and then they're like bleached or yeah, something. Yeah, she just bleached them. It was like her look for her metal band or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so the movie picks up at a show and then we get introduced to their life. And they have this very simple nomadic life, oh, kind of their van life. Or I, dude, I'm not gonna lie. They made it seem like that's what I want to do. I was like, oh, that yeah. looks nice. It's just, it's basically you're just traveling, and it almost like living in an RV, but mm-hmm. it was like a nicer version. Yeah, and, it's like a what was it like a Winnebago? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, just, it just seemed like simple life, pretty much. Gypsies, like a gypsy life. Oh, she yeah. says that. Yeah, yeah, she? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, yeah. They, they, they're they're van lifers. They they have a, a Winnebago, and they just live in it go to go to city from city and they were they were touring and mm-hmm. that's when this uh loss of hearing struck and they were also a couple so they were they were a band it was just a, them a drummer she's a guitarist and singer mm-hmm. and he loses his hearing and then he goes to this i don't know who he who who he called who was it that that they called uh it was his sponsor that's right yeah so we find out he, he used to be an addict mm-hmm. she was she was an addict too or? uh i don't know if she's an addict but i know you she used know, to cut herself yeah she right? used to cut herself yeah because you see the the cuts on her wrist um he gets introduced to this community and it's like a deaf community for addicts right yeah and he doesn't want to stay but he has to he decides to stay and she can't be there at all right yeah the one of the rules of that that uh little society is that like you can't have any cell phone um you can't have a car and anyone you know they can't be around pretty much right and so it it takes you into this place where he's around strangers who he knows nothing about he cannot communicate with them and not only that he's really vulnerable because he's deaf you know he just Mm -hmm. lost his hearing Mm -hmm. um so what the movie does is when everyone is speaking sign language around him, he doesn't understand them. Mm-hmm. So we don't see what they're saying. We don't see subtitles. No, there's nothing. No, and and you and you brought this up. Um, you brought this to my attention uh, before I got to that part. So I was kind of like looking out for oh, it. Uh-huh. But then later on, when he does learn sign and he is able to communicate, then we get subtitles for mm-hmm. what people are saying to him and what he's saying back to them. So I thought that was a pretty interesting thing to do. Yeah, I like how they did that because you know if if you don't like if if you yourself don't know sign language, you're like what what are they saying? I'm not. I feel like I'm missing something from the movie. Uh-huh. But that's what it's meant to do. Um, what was that guy's name again? The actor Riz. Oh, I thought you meant in the movie. The the main character. Uh, let me just have it right here. Excuse me, guys. I'm sorry. Um. Dang it, it brought up the t- a teacher. <laughs> oh. I'm on Wikipedia. Riz, his name is Riz. Riz Ahmed or something. Yeah, like so it's not, uh, I mean, you might be wrong on that last name, but it's close. So, yeah, he, I know, he he, he was on my radar. He's British, too. Huh. They were both British actors. Olivia Cook um, is also British. Is she? Mm-hmm. Oh. Hmm. They do, I, I like their American. I like when they do American accents. Why? I mean, you can't even tell. But until you hear them speak British and air. Oh, yeah. And just like, what the hell? Yeah. It throws you off. 
but it's cool because she has like she retains because i've heard her speak british i, I listened to her on a podcast mm-hmm. and she retains like her her voice i guess i don't know it's kind of weird but it's with just an act well i say a british accent but that's it's not an accent to them oh yeah his name is rizwan ahmed also known as riz mc he's a british actor and rapper hmm. never heard any of his music interesting um yeah he was on my radar in the show the night of did you ever see that it's on hbo i don't think so he plays a character who is accused of murder he has a one-night stand with this lady Mm -hmm. and then he wakes up finds her dead and they're accusing him of murdering her and he gets sent to rikers island and then he was like a nerdy guy and then Mm -hmm. in rikers island he just starts doing things to survive selling drugs and got you dude he gets like tattoos and he just turns into a hard ass like that's what really the show is about is this like this transformation of Mm -hmm. what that being in jail will do to you and uh he played a really good role in that one and i and i was like man this guy's a really good actor and so when i saw that he was gonna be in oh yeah he was in nightcrawler too uh don't remember he's the one that gets killed he's like his sidekick or whatever i'd have to go rewatch it with uh jake gyllenhaal yeah Oh, and he was in Star Wars Rogue One. Yeah, he. Who the was, fuck was he? He was the Muslim dude. <laughs> no, I don't know if he's a Muslim, but he's Pakistani. Yeah, he was the um, he was like the little squirmy one. You know, he's kind of a skinny guy. Ah, whatever. Once again, I had to go back and rewatch. And then he played Elon Musk in Venom. Did you see Venom or no? Uh uh-uh. uh I never watched it either. Oh, he's the one that's like symbiote. Yeah, and everyone was upset because he didn't say symbiote or how are you supposed to pronounce it? I guess whatever. I don't know. I don't care. Um, But yeah, Sound of Metal, man. When I saw him in this, I was like, yeah, this is going to be a good movie Mm because he is a good actor, and he did. He gave a great performance. Yeah, I remember seeing the trailer, and I was like, I want to see that. Yeah, it's cool. Amazon too. Amazon movie or Amazon original? They produced it, right? I believe so. But yeah, in um. What I liked about the movie, well, I want—I don't want to get to the end just yet, but I know I need to remember. I want to ask you something about the end. Just ask me now, fuck it. Okay. What? Did, so, him and his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Did he realize that she's better off without him? I think so. Yeah. Because yeah, because like she she looks semi normal, mm-hmm. right? She cut her hair. She has kind of like a new look, mm-hmm. and um there's a part in the movie where he's kind of like he's kind of like keeping track of her because she's supposed to be out still doing like her their tour dates mm-hmm. without him and i guess she's like doing some kind of new kind of music yeah she kind of does like she doesn't she doesn't go on with the tour or whatever and she starts like they're like oh my god we saw her performing somewhere it's like a blog post yeah 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 and um the, i don't know why i i instantly felt the same way i did about uh Rooney Mara in a ghost story. I was like, this selfish bitch. <laughs> You're sorry, dude. Well, I don't, that's how I took it. I was like, I guess she's she's done with him, but she doesn't want to be mean because he went through all that shit for her mm-hmm. as far as, you know, like going staying in the community and well, he, learning sign language. Yeah. I mean it's I wish the story would have followed her a little bit too. Um and I understand it would have probably like been even a longer movie, but yeah, she was a damaged. She was probably just as damaged as him. She just wasn't going through this um, physical transformation that he was forced to go through, and mm-hmm. so they were separated. And you know, 
the movie comes around he goes through the sign language thing and he really like finds himself and finds his place there but he does break the rules because he is looking her up online when he shouldn't be mm-hmm. and that's what kind of snaps him out of it where it's like oh i need, i want to go back to my old life but what he doesn't understand is he'll never be able to go back to his old life he tries to he goes and gets his surgery and gets ear implants and I like the thing whenever he tells, whenever that guy that, and this, this is a, a main character in the movie too. And he's like the director of this facility and he's kind of mm-hmm. his mentor. And, um, he tells him like, I need people here to understand that being deaf is not a uh, handicap. handicap. And that's really true. That That is very true because I forgot. Okay. So when I was in college, I, we had to give like speeches or so, I don't know. I don't know. I took some class, right? We had to give a presentation mm-hmm. and this person who was going through the esl uh, or asl american sign language or english sign language i don't know whatever Mm -hmm. it's called esl she was gonna you know be an interpreter in in sign language and so she gave a presentation on that and the deaf community and she talked about how it's a very proud community and they do not see being deaf as a um handicap yeah being deaf isn't a handicap and sign language is just another language it would be speaking spanish or speaking Mm -hmm another you know french or whatever and so they don't see themselves as handicapped and a lot of them when you do get that surgery they kind of like it is kind of taboo it is almost like a turn your back they kind of turn their back on those kind of people oh okay because it's like you're ashamed to be deaf when you shouldn't be ashamed you should embrace it because you're not handicapped you can communicate just another form of communication Mm -hmm. and so whenever the director guy kind of tells them that and he's like i need people here at this facility and i need the kids at the school at the deaf school to understand that being deaf is not a handicap and so with that you know being said you were gonna have to like let you go let you go get the fuck out of here and you can tell that tears that guy apart he wants to cry you know Mm -hmm. he's that guy that guy plays such a good actor it made me think is he an actor or is he an actual like person that does that and he's had those conversations and they were just Mm -hmm. able to pull a good performance out of him i don't know he did really good Mm -hmm. like i like i like when he's like uh he's he's talking to the main character ruben but he has like this little system like on his ipad or laptop where it pretty much just you know it reads your dialect and puts it on the screen so Mm -hmm. he can you know because he's deaf but he can still read and talk right and um i like i like when uh he's like are you you know the church will help you out and he covers his mouth and he's like we're not religious and he's like i can't i can't see what you're saying you cover your mouth i read lips oh yeah you know that's interesting and anyways uh so this brings me to this question i'm sorry to go off track so i was telling valerie that you know i watched the movie she didn't watch it with me but i was telling her about it and i was like i want to ask joseph this question if you had to lose one of your senses and it was it was just going to deteriorate within the next two months which which sense do you think you can live without i would do hearing hearing yeah see i was thinking about that but the movie made me think like maybe maybe i would rather lose my vision Mm. but then valerie was like okay because i had just texted you that i was going to come over after i showered Mm -hmm. and all that stuff she's like okay she's like well let's put a blindfold on you until you have to leave and i was like no never mind (laughs) (laughs) yeah no being being blind scares me dude um it really does because you have to i feel like when you're blind you have to put your trust in people so much more than you would any other. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm, I'm going to draw from my experience because when I worked at Univision and 
I did a, uh, I was help, I was helping the, um, sports guy. I, I would shoot his show and I would edit it for him. Mm-hmm. And one of the episodes he did was on this community or this school, excuse me. Um, the, the TV station was close to the, um, blind and deaf school. And he did a show on this sport that they would play where it was almost like soccer, it was like a combination of like soccer and dodgeball, mm-hmm. but with the ball that had like bells inside of it. Oh, okay. So it was almost like a hollowed out kind of weird ball, but it had bells. Mm-hmm. So you, you could be blind or you can, uh, I don't remember how else they would, how else they would do it. Cause if you're blind and deaf, but somehow they were blind. Some people were blind and deaf and you could still play that game. Maybe just by feeling it out. I don't mm-hmm. know. But it was crazy because they had a goal, right? And I don't remember this sport exactly, but they would throw this ball and they all had like helmets on and like elbow pads, knee pads. And it was mm-hmm. a it was a brutal sport. They would throw this ball and then the goalie would try to block it. And dude, they would throw their fucking whole bodies out like like it's in soccer, yeah. you know, like in soccer. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm sure I, I'm, I may be getting it wrong, but. When I when we went there and you know you saw the the people the kids walking around mm-hmm. that were blind and they have the sticks and um, if you're born blind and then you're just told like oh yeah this is so and so you're gonna go to this school like I don't know I guess because I, I I'm from a, a visual world you know mm-hmm. and I see the building and I see the people that are talking to me and I see the places I'm going but if you've never seen that how do you know you're really going there? You know? oh, okay. Uh-huh. How do you trust these people that you've never seen um, telling you, oh, yeah, yeah, we're just going to send you to this school? And it's like, how do you know you're really at that school? How do you know you're really learning? And I know they touch faces and stuff like that. And there's other, I, I don't know a whole lot about the blind community. But yeah, just being, for me, being blind just kind of scares me. Mm-hmm. I got you. Um, I think the one I would hate to be without is my sense of taste. I honestly I think that'd be like the hardest one I mean it would suck yeah that's what I'm saying I would suck but I mean I could live without it don't get COVID motherfucker (laughs) (laughs) you won't be able to smell or taste oh sick (laughs) that was a disturbing noise you just made oh sorry (laughs) um yeah but the sound of metal man it's a great movie and I will say this it isn't a action movie Mm -hmm. it's 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 pretty slow um it's slow paced and there's nothing crazy there's no violence um it's well there's one like little he throws a tantrum there's like that's like the most yeah but nobody's like fighting each other killing each other nothing nothing crazy there's no violence and no explosions Mm -hmm. this is a very much rooted in drama um how human emotion human interaction um so if you're interested in movies like that and also seeing things from a different perspective, I would highly recommend The Sound of Metal. And mm-hmm. it's getting good reviews from what I've heard. Mm-hmm. I, I will say um, one thing I thought that was going to pan out that never did was, um, you know, remember he sells his, his uh, he sells his like Winnebago, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And he, I, I felt like he was going to try, he wanted his uh, girlfriend's father to pay for it you know what i'm saying oh yeah he did and he never he never did though i don't think he did Nah, he wasn't getting that back yeah i know i felt i felt so bad oh the see that's and that's that's what i was telling about it's like one of the worst things is like he gave up pretty much everything he sold everything to get this to get this operation and and when he when he puts uh so he gets these implants 
And I love how they tell him. Like, well, let's not give too much okay, away here, but Cal. you know, he does give up everything, and it does not pay off. <laughs> no, but I. Well, one thing is that I, I, it doesn't give anything away. This is when the doctor tells him, like, you have to realize your your ears don't work anymore. Mm-hmm. It's like your nerves are picking up these sounds, right? And, and it's tricking your brain into thinking you can hear. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, that that whole thing too. That would scare me. It'd be like you would think. I would. I felt though during that scene that they would have like explained to him like, "Hey, it's not going to sound the way it sounded before. Mm-hmm. Like the, your hearing's never going to be the same. But it's going to be. You know, I felt like yeah. they would have like explained this to him before. But I, I I felt where he was coming from them because I think I'd be that hard head too where I'm I'm expecting to hear like I hear now. It's like right. But I, I feel like re- if that really happened, they would like temper your expectations. Like mm-hmm. they would very much explain to you before you went and blew forty thousand, thirty thousand dollars on a surgery that, hey, this is never going to be the same. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like I feel like, man, who knows? I could be wrong, but I think I feel I would like to think that the, the medical community would be more honest with people about that. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Who knows? And like I said, I, I've in that. In the deaf community, like I, I feel like that uh, surgery is taboo. Yeah. I just think it's like something that you had and then you lost and you're, you know, you just expect it to go back to what you it was. It back, yeah. And I wonder if that happens uh, if uh, if people do lose their, their hearing like that. I'm sure it does. Maybe not to like, you know, not, it's probably, it's probably very rare, but you know, it's, it's, it's very scary in the movie because it happened so rapidly. Mm-hmm. Just out of nowhere. And then he's like, you need to preserve your hearing, you understand? He's like, uh-huh. And then boom, the next scene, yeah. he's fucking playing the drums again. Mm-hmm. You're just like, idiot. I don't know if you had that same. Yeah, I I, I did. But then finally, I guess it went totally deaf on him. Mm-hmm. And that's when he gets scared and leaves. Yeah. Yeah. Good movie. Scary movie. Makes you think. Mm-hmm. Makes you think. Well, guys, we're going to, we're getting to the end of the show. Um, any, uh jerry springer's edward springer's (laughs) final thoughts uh i i will say this that um i don't know if it's true or not because i I helped this woman who's legally blind i took her to him from work but i've asked her before i'm like when you lose one sense i was like do your other ones get more enhanced and she's like i don't think so so (laughs) i'm just curious i wonder if that really does happen or if that's just something people say you're all under your breath you're like fucking liar she's like no i'm not yeah (laughs) i'm like huh she's like, i don't think so but uh you could probably go uh take a shower next time you pick me up hell yeah <laughs> i'm like oh, i don't smell do i uh is she a nice lady she's very nice see that's what i'm saying she's putting her trust in you dude and she's never seen you or even really uh, yeah yeah she she never has no that's crazy mm-hmm. isn't that scary no you've got to like trust you've got to be like really oh yeah trusting. yeah i i mean in in her eyes yeah, yeah. I, oh no i didn't say you scared does that make you scared of <laughs> that's her? what i thought you were saying I was no like, doesn't that scary if you're yeah. in her position you had to do that yeah i've seen her one time at heb and uh this but this is i mean, I knew who she was uh, at this time at this time valerie was the one driving her i hadn't started driving her yet uh but i knew who she was and i saw her and she had she was getting help and when uh, I got to talk to her one time. I was like, "Hey, I saw you at HEB one time. You were you you were with someone." She's like, "Yeah." She's like, "That's my um, that's my seeing impaired teacher. She's teaching me how to go to the store by myself if I have to." Mm. And I was like, "Man, that's crazy." Mm-hmm. You know, because you don't want to bump into anybody or be mm-hmm. like a, a not a nuisance, but you know, just in people's way, right? And so I was like, "But she's like, she's like, oh, she's like, thank God for Amazon. She's like, I don't ever have to go to the store." <laughs> How does she order online? 
Oh, uh, she has, like, I mean, she's not, like, fully blind, but she can, uh, it's not great. I I, I don't know personally, but I know she, because, like, I text her and she can read my text messages, you know, but she has, like, this little, uh, this thing that blows up her phone pretty much. She's like, you sent me a picture of a shrimp. (laughs) You're all, oh, that wasn't meant for you. Hell yeah. I'm like I'm like, oh it is a shrimp. I'm sorry, that was my food last night. <laughs> oh yeah, that was my supper. <laughs> no, um yeah, no, that that to me that just shows how endearing the human spirit is that we can, you know, face these difficult um things that are thrown at us and still find a way to uh persevere and mm-hmm. you know, it's just you're you you adapt. You're like okay, if I need to go grocery shopping and I can't see, I'll figure out a way to do it. And there's a system and there's people to teach you that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I had um, I had some uncles that were blind and I think they were like partially deaf and they used to scare the shit out of me when I was a little kid. Because, yeah. you know, when you're a uh-huh. kid and you see that and they're like, get, they get real close and they want to touch you and stuff and you're just like, and their eyes are all like gray and weird mm-hmm. looking and stuff. Well, I shouldn't say weird looking, but yeah, you know, have, I'm, the, I'm coming from a perspective as a kid. Saying yeah, this. I get exactly what you mean. I know what you're talking And about. it was a little scary, but... But anyways, that's my my little tidbit on that. But you know, it is what it is. Good movie, and uh, yeah, really really makes you think about life. It does. Anyways, well, I think that's it, Edward. No, that's good. All right, everyone, thank you for listening. If you made it this far, really appreciate it. And that's probably about twenty or thirty of you that did. So, <laughs> and five of those are Edward. So maybe like twenty five. <laughs> <laughs> i'm just kidding but yeah thanks for listening guys and we really appreciate it and um yeah we look forward to next week when we take you back to the feature bye